really thinking truly about productizing something. You want to think of it as a product. <laughs> wow, my mind is blown. Dun, dun, dun. I know, very exciting, groundbreaking. But like, just taking something that you do normally one-on-one -on -one and putting it online isn't really transforming it into a product because you're gonna lose something in that. So you need to think about what are the steps that I specifically take people through? What are the things that they enjoy? What resources and materials do they need to be able to do this themselves? And pull all of that together in a product. Welcome to the Impact Leadership Podcast, brought to you by Cartavera, the leadership development ecosystem that helps you grow your business, grow your people, and grow your life. Today is episode 43, and we have another fascinating guest. Today, it's Claire Whitaker, who's coming to us from London in the UK, and today's program is titled, Ready to Productize, the Path to Productizing Your Services for Greater Profits. Claire is a coach, a consultant, a former employee at a little company called Amazon in the UK. She's the founder of a company called Artificially Intelligent Consulting, and Claire works with businesses to help them productize their business to double revenue while working less. That is so exciting to me. She is an expert on using processes and systems to enhance your effectiveness, efficiency, and profits, and today she's going to share some keys, and I mean, it is so good some real keys to effectively productizing your services into online products and programs. And it is so relevant right now in the days and months and years, who knows, of the COVID pandemic. So many things are going online and Claire is here with us today to educate us and enlighten us on productizing your programs. podcast where we explore leadership, business, and personal growth to help you grow your business and live a richer life. We're your hosts, Jeff Dishwitz and Craig Matthews. We believe that leaders have to put their people first. And if you don't have time to grow your people, then you're not leading. Get ready for conversations that will challenge your thinking and help you transform your leadership and your business. Welcome to your bigger business and bigger life. We have another really fascinating guest, and I know that I already know I'm going to learn something new <laughs> for two reasons. One is I always learn something new, and number two, we're going to be talking a lot today about more of the system side of business, which is not my brain. doesn't work that way. <laughs> so this is going to be a fire hose for me, and I'm looking forward. Our special guest is Claire Whitaker, who's coming to us from London. Uh, Claire is the coach, a consultant, and she is the founder of a company called Artificially Intelligent Consulting. <laughs> and she's got a really interesting background working with systems. Uh, she spent a lot of time working in artificial intelligence at a little company called Amazon. I don't know okay. if you've heard of them. <laughs> but she brings this really um, important piece to business and leadership that we really haven't talked a lot about. In fact, I would say Claire is a a unique guest in these first four or five months for the podcast. So let's get ready to learn with Claire Whitaker. Hi, thank you so Welcome. much for having me on. I can't oh. wait to dive in. Yeah, right yes. on. So glad to have so, you. So the first question is our always our first and almost all only scripted question, Claire, is give us a little bit about the Claire Whitaker story that sort of got you here. 
Yeah. So as you touched on, I did used to work at Amazon um, and I did work with AI at Amazon, but that wasn't where I started. So I actually studied, I'm going to give you the whole story because why not? Um, I actually studied chemistry um, and I did my master's in chemistry and then I went and worked in research and manufacturing. And this is actually where I first started getting into processes and system design. Mm. So working in manufacturing, I was exposed to Lean, Six Sigma, all these like big scaling uh, systems design processes piece. And I was working in the innovation team, like um, finding new products and then bringing them to market. Mm. Um, but the problem with that was that chemistry requires a lot of patience. And I'm not a particularly patient person. So like, project timelines would be, for good reason, I mean, we, we want to keep people safe, like 20 to 30 years um, from like inception through to like launch for some of the things. So yeah, it was, it was long. Um, it a different kind of person. <laughs> yeah, a very different kind of person. Um, as you can tell, like for my career, next career move, that was actually when I got um, the opportunity to join Amazon. Uh, so I'd been working in research for a few years and Amazon were really just kind of starting to grow in the UK. Hmm. So they, when I joined that company, I could literally change anything on the website with by uploading an Excel file. <laughs> they, they, and I made some terrible mistakes <laughs> i'm into if you want to but we probably shouldn't um, so yeah so i started off in account management and was doing like marketing sales it was completely different really fast-paced very exciting operations logistics learning a lot about business it was like a 101 crash course in how to do a business online um, and i did that for a few years and then i moved into product and project management and that was kind of when I started working with AI um, and I was involved in basically looking after the customer experience on the website. So stuff with the algorithm, stuff with launching new features on the website, new products. And on the side of that was kind of where I started my entrepreneurial journey. So I started, I taught myself to code and then I, as you do, um, and then I um, started a website because I was interested in AI and I was learning a lot about AI um, working at Amazon, but I saw that the way it was communicated um, outside of people working in tech was very misleading and I wanted to do something to kind of tackle that. So I started a blog on artificial intelligence mm. and started learning all of the kind of entrepreneurial things around setting up my own business and I was doing workshops and I was training people and that was really fun, but I realized what I really loved throughout my whole career and when I was doing my blog and running the workshops was the systems piece. Mm. And a lot of people don't find that particularly easy. I mean, you've already touched upon it, but yeah, it's, mm. it's not a lot of people's area of genius or zone of genius where they like to work. And so I felt like I could really help people by bringing <laughs> in some of this like automation AI knowledge and software knowledge from working with software development teams um, and like my process systems design training. And that's kind of where artificially intelligent consulting was born to help entrepreneurs with their systems. Awesome. So when, when you're looking at things, is it because you have a broad background that you're able to kind of like bring some of those pieces in or are there methodologies that you really focus on when you're looking at systems? 
I think it's a combination of the two. Yeah. I think well, I think having a broad background, having all sorts of like seemingly quite random experiences <laughs> is actually quite helpful. But I do think, I mean, even before I started working in manufacturing, I am like a little robot person. Like I've always been very systemized with everything yeah. that I do. Like I love to host dinner parties and like everything is like a plan, everything and like everything has a system cooking for everyone. <laughs> Like it's always been like my natural way of thinking that's just been enhanced by kind of the experiences and the roles that I've done in my corporate career. Thanks. So, so Claire, one of the questions I have is, and I, I want to make sure we don't go fully down this, what could be a <laughs> rabbit hole, because there's some things we want to talk about very specifically, but could you talk a couple of minutes about artificial intelligence? Because I think so many people are overwhelmed by it and they assume it doesn't apply to them. And they say, well, that's something for this really small niche few industries. Mm -hmm. Could you just sort of give that pri the primer? I'm going to use the right primer on artificial intelligence for the everyday business person. So, okay. So I'm going to give you a few examples of how artificial intelligence is really relevant for the everyday business. So one, uh, obvious one, if you're a small business and you're looking to get found on Google, well, Google works with an artificial intelligence algorithm. Um, and so understanding to some degree how that works, how that algorithm gets updated is going to be useful for you um, in understanding that. Another area that's kind of key, uh, two areas that are kind of key, actually, specifically from the kind of like the Amazon example of like the the commerce business example are um, your personalization of products. I think customers now expect you to kind of do some of the work for them in finding the product. Like if you, like for example, if you're on Amazon, you'll see that people who bought this also bought mm -hmm. this because you liked this thing. These things are now also recommended. Well, that's incredibly powerful. Yeah, it's really powerful. And, and I've bought a lot of stuff that way. <laughs> yeah, we all have. We all have. Yeah. Um, and um, that's, that's AI. So that's basically Amazon or whatever store, like a lot of places do. They, they learn that, not based necessarily just on you. And I think this is a really important point. People think that AI is the computer stalking them. <laughs> like them the human one person. It's not. It's just, we need to all accept that we're not as individual. This is going to sound really harsh. I just realized this is going to sound very harsh. But we are not as individual as we like to think. And what the computer has done is learn that people who buy similar things to what you buy also buy these things. Mm. And so that's where the recommendation comes. Like, it's not just from you. It's from understanding on a, with a lot of data, like Netflix as well uses AI to recommend films to you because they have a lot of data on the films that you've watched and the films that people who have watched those films also liked other films. And that's really how it works. Um, and then the third example that I was saying that's super relevant for business owners and a little topical right now is around like advertising. So for example, Facebook ads, which a lot of business owners will use, um, the way that they determine who sees what ad is based on who people's interactions with previous ads. Mm. So for example, if you click on an ad on Facebook, you will go into a bucket of people who are likely to click on ads and then you'll get shown much more similar ones. Um, and that's kind of how it all works. 
the important thing though, like I said, is to remember it's not just on you, uh, but it's on the population of a, as a whole is how it works and how it is developed. So I want you to kind of use that information to empower yourself and so you feel like more in control over what's happening when you're kind of seeing this and also when you're using it as a business. I think that's really helpful because again, I think so many people, including me, think that artificial intelligence is this thing that may even only apply in my business if I have an online business. Mm. You know, if I'm not selling something online every mm. day in high volume, it's AI doesn't matter. So I, I love that you brought into this mother context and I'm, I'm sure it's going to come out or come up throughout the conversation. So Claire, let's shift over. We, we're going to talk about the concept of, I'm using my word, productizing and moving from a service to whether it's turning it into a product or more like a product. So let's just open that conversation about organizations. You know, what does it mean to productize and kick that ball off? Yeah. So to my mind and the kind of work that I do with my clients when, when it comes to this area is really thinking about what are the parts, if you've, if you've got a service, or like for example, a one-on-one -on -one service that you deliver in person to a company, to an individual, um, if you want to productize that, some of the advantages of that are you could make it a digital product or make it online, or you can make it like a one-to-many model instead, which will allow you to kind of leverage your time a little better um, to kind of get more um, out of it. And then if you're thinking about doing this or if this is something you're potentially interested in, when it comes to productization, you really want to kind of shift your mindset and look at what are the things that my clients love about what I do? Are there any exercises that I do with every single one of my clients or any parts of a process that I do with every single one of my clients that get really great feedback? We see really good breakthroughs for them when we do this. And then once you have that and you know those parts of your, your process, like for example, one of mine is I do this thing with everyone when they onboard with me. It's like a business brain dump thing. And it's all about getting everything out of your head and segmenting all of it and all of the different tasks that you do um, into like different areas. So like marketing tasks, admin tasks, all of that kind of like brain dump stuff. And then... So if I'm looking at productizing my one-on-one -on -one consulting services, well, that's a really clear exercise or a really clear part that would make sense to be able to deliver either virtually or in kind of a workshop or some other way. And it can form part of a product and I can shift the way I deliver that round so that I can deliver it, like I said, one-to-many. Mm -hmm. is, is this, I mean, I know of a lot of people in, and I saw on your website, Claire, that you work a lot with coaches. Mm -hmm. And I know this is, this is a really hot topic for coaches right now. It has been for years, but especially during the pandemic, because yeah. a lot of coaching businesses have been impacted by things they do live. But I'm hearing from you, this is a lot more than just saying, let's just take this and throw it online. I'm, I'm, seeing, I'm hearing it's more than just dump, dump it online kind of mindset. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's actually a really important distinction is that if you're thinking about, if you're really thinking truly about productizing something, you want to think of it as a product. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. My mind is blown. Dun, dun, dun. I know. Very, it's like 
groundbreaking. But like just taking something that you do normally one-on-one and putting it online isn't really transforming it into a product because you're going to lose something in that. So you need to think about what are the steps that I specifically take people through? What are the things that they enjoy? What resources and materials do they need to be able to do this themselves? And pull all of that together into a product. And so this is, comes a lot from my like product management background, but you really want to think about the journey that you're taking people on um, as opposed to just drag and drop something across into the online space. Very good. So how do people, what, you know, is there, I mean, where do you start with them? I mean, obviously you talked about your own onboarding process, but where do you start for someone who says, I've got services, I want to in some way productize them? Okay. So I'm going to take an example of a coach I was working with. So she was doing one-on-one work with people and she was doing a lot of background research into keywords. She was an e-commerce coach. Um, She was doing a lot of background research into products, a lot of background research into keywords, and a lot of background research into kind of like operations and suppliers. So what she could do if she's looking at turning this one-on-one service into a product is really turn each of those, those sections into a course, for example. So this is what we did with her. So like working through exactly what are the steps she follows, what are the things, this is important as well, what are the things that she knows in her head but aren't obvious from just watching <laughs> her do that and those missing parts and really mapping it all out like step one, step two, step three, step four, step five, and then understanding what's going to be a good format to deliver this. So do you want to deliver this in person, but to a group, so online like that? Or do you want to actually make this into an online course that you can just then sell later? Hmm. So good. Yeah, I have several clients that are, are in that space of either they're coaching or they're, they're delivering services and they're starting to package their, their knowledge into a course. And one of the things that that really helps them to do is to basically get the, the, boring stuff out of the way, right? So that they don't have to keep training the same people doing the same thing over and over. They get that baseline in. And then when somebody comes in to actually work with them, they're able to work at a much higher level as well. Yeah, exactly. And so you can have that actually, if you've got those courses, you can have them as part of your onboarding process. Mm -hmm. So if someone decides they want to sign up to work with you, you can send them those videos and be like, watch these. And then when we have our kickoff sessions, we'll all be able to have a much deeper conversation. Right. Another thing you can do actually um, is if you're doing these, these services for people, creating these materials and these course materials can help you to actually hire people to delegate them out to and do them for you. So you can spend more of the time doing the work that you actually really enjoy like working one-on-one with people and going deeper on topics. Right. So, so Claire, let me ask you a couple of questions that have come up in my mind and I hear it from other, other folks in these industries. One is that every, well, everybody believes that they have magic <laughs> and I, and I don't doubt that. I think everybody has some magic and they'll say, well, my magic is going to be lost if I productize. It's almost like, cutting off an arm, you know, I, yeah, you can't possibly, I hear that a lot. You can't possibly turn this to online or a product. What do you, what's your response to that? 
So I think you in in those situations, maybe what you want to do is a combination. Mm. Like get those baby steps. If you're really worried about losing this magic, maybe just like productize part of the service, the parts of the service which are just really routine and you know that like you just need to get this done. Like you just need to like do this part. It's not sexy. It's not super fun, but you need to do it. And you can like prior, you can productize that part and then you can save the magic, the secret sauce, and you can still do that in the way that you really enjoy, but you're still starting to take things off your plate. It's going to require less of your direct time to do that. Like, and then you'll be able to have more capacity to bring on more people. Mm. So I guess I'm guessing then that what you're talking about is as we productize these services, it also allows us to really think through, you know, if we're looking at our customer journey or what have you, we're able to take those parts that maybe don't include our magic. We now then have other staff members who can take that and very quickly ramp up to deliver that, or we turn it into a, an actual product or components that don't require people. Exactly. And as you kind of go through that process, you'll get better at better at defining what it is that's mm. your own magic. And then ultimately, perhaps down the line, you can then turn that into this digital asset or like a more scalable process and franchise it out potentially. But it's just about starting to take those steps, starting to think about the methodology. And I really like that you brought up the customer journey piece again, because that's like so important, like mapping it out and making sure that it makes sense from a customer perspective. Because actually in some cases, like an online course is going to be way quicker for me as your client to understand mm-hmm. the material than having to wait to find time in your diary to do it with right. you directly. Like if I'm just looking for results, this might be better for me if you can just show me how to do this and I can do it in my own time. It could actually be better too, because then they can go back and rewatch it. They can, they can dig in, stop it when they need to and take notes. Um, you know, so it, it basically serves them to do that. And I guess other ways of delivering that, it could be that you have either self-service models, but you can also have group service models where people are serving each other. And so building a community allows for other people within the community to help each other. Exactly. And as you kind of like start to build it up, I think the important thing is to do it step by step right. and to like build it to the point where you're comfortable. Cause like, once you dive into this, it's so easy to be like, Oh my God, I could do all of these different products. <laughs> I can create a community and then I can have a membership, but then I could do this and you'll be like, get completely overwhelmed. Right. Um, but if you're doing it like bit by bit, thinking about the customer journey, thinking about, okay, what makes the most sense for my client at this time and how can I deliver that? And then just being really disciplined with that, you're going to end up with something that not only helps your client base, but also helps you as the business owner to scale and grow. Hmm. So Claire, another question, or I actually heard this statement many times is people who are, they get it in their head. Yes, I'm going to, I'm going to productize my service. And what they believe is all I have to do is basically take what I do and just sort of slap it online. So the example would be, oh, I do these workshops. I'm going to just do, I'm going to record them all on video. That's now a course. And I'm guessing you would say, yeah, no. No, yeah, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. <laughs> I think like, so you really like, from a customer point of view. So for example, I am not a fan of courses that have like one hour videos. 
So it, like for me, taking a lo- workshop that was delivered live and had that like live environment where you're answering questions and putting that online, I'm never going to watch it. Like realistic, we've already discussed, I'm not a very patient person. <laughs> like, I'm never watching that video. Like I'm, I'm just not like realistically. So you really, if you're, ch- if you're changing the format of something, you need to change the way that you're delivering it and think mm. about that. So for example, if it was a workshop, what were the key points that you wanted to get across in that workshop that you designed? How can you turn each of those key points into lessons? Like shorter lessons that are digestible, that are actionable, that people can really take something from and that they're they're going to watch. (laughs) Because if you just try and convert things directly, it's not going to work so well. Like I had a client who exactly tried to do this, tried to turn her like three hour videos into like an online course and it didn't work because no one was going to watch it. Like people were completely overwhelmed by the information. Like if you're trying to do something yourself without that guide there, it's really difficult to actually be able to take action, to know what's important. So you, yeah, I've said it about a million times. Well, so so two, two words or concepts keep coming up for me and what you're sharing, Claire. I'll throw them both out there, handle them however you'd like. One is you keep talking about the customer journey. And I I gather you're talking about more than just part of it is their experience, but it's also their learning journey. Yeah. So speak to that. And the other, and maybe these are related, you keep using the word design and I'm taking away so much of this. It is important to really intentionally design it versus just sort of throw it together. Yeah. And I think like, yeah, thank you for pulling those out because they are, to my mind, really, really important when you're thinking about productizing. Like if I go back to my time at Amazon and when we were thinking about the website as our product, so obviously it's different to like a coaching program, but we would literally sit there and go through step by step. If I wanted to buy like a green sofa, so I worked in furniture. If I wanted to buy a green sofa, how do I do that on Amazon? Let me tell you, it is not easy (laughs) or intuitive. And I'm sorry that I didn't get that fixed. (laughs) But but it's like every step, you have to think about every step because you've got to imagine this person is going to be at home, probably alone. They've got things going on in their life. Their kids are running around. There's a pandemic, like all of this stuff going on and you're trying to get them to learn about your materials. Like you need to think about where they are right now when they log in and all of those different steps and how you can build it up in their mind. And I say design because I think you really need to think about it. Like your, your, I I always think about mine like a path. Like what is, like, what do I come across next? What do I see? Like, what question do I have? So I've done this video. I've done this part of the course. I've implemented that. Now I have this question. So now we need to answer that question for the person and just build it up like that and make it really, really manageable when you're thinking about productizing yourself. Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. The Impact Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Cartevera. Cartevera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, resources, events, and a community to help you grow. At Cartevera, we believe that you can't grow a business bigger than you, that your company is limited by your growth. We blend personal growth with leadership, team, and business growth to give you a single place to grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. You can find out more at cartevera.com. Welcome back. 
It's funny you're talking about Amazon because, you know, everybody believes, including me, that Amazon sells everything. You made me think about it when you brought up the green sofa. I've not looked for a green sofa, but this week I found something that Amazon really is not a good source for, which shocked me. It has something, and it was kayaks. (laughs) Because I'm interested in a kayak, and I said, well, let me look at Amazon. And I went to Amazon and put in kayak, and there was like three kayaks total that you could find on Amazon. Lots of supplies for kayaks, you know, vests and oars, but you can't really get a kayak on Amazon. So I was like, wow, I found something. Most of them are heavy. <laughs> well, yeah, but, you heavy. know, if you can, you can ship it, you know, come on, you can ship it. You realize now that you've said that on this podcast, all of the entrepreneurs listening and be like, right, I found well, my niche. I am here I to change the world. Sorry, to change the world. Yeah, well, there's probably a deal somewhere in there. Um, so I, I want to keep coming back to this design question because I will tell you, I've met a lot of people in my career, Claire, especially the last 10 years. I, I think there's been a shift in the marketplace. I've met a lot of people who their thing, and I'm, I'm going to project that some of this is what you do. Like They say, I exist. I'm really good at designing courses. Mm. And when I first heard that, I said, well, why on earth would I need that? I, mean, <laughs> I just take you know, my outline of my program, that's the course. Yeah. But speak to the real value and the differentiation of someone who has some real gifts around course development as one of those methods of productization. And instructional design. Yep, there's the other phrase. Yeah, that was one 10 years ago. I thought, what the hell is that? Instructional <laughs> it's design. still around. Yeah. I think, like, I think it's really valuable to be able to... As, like, as someone who's designing services or designing systems, what you really want to do is be able to put yourself in the mind of the customer as opposed to in the mind of someone who is an expert in this space. Yeah. And that can be really hard to do when you're an expert in the space. <laughs> it's taken me a long time to be able to explain anything to do with AI in <laughs> any kind of meaningful way. And I'm not even sure I do it that well yet. <laughs> but like, when you know something and when you're really close to something, it can be very difficult to translate that to another person. In fact, all of my clients find this when they try and transfer their one-on-one programs and they're like, now I need to teach people. I want to make it a course because a course is really scalable. It's that passive income. It's like, it feels like a really good thing to have. I mean, obviously it's not passive income, but anyway, um, <laughs> but like, but then when you try and do it, you just want to give and give and give and give and give all the information. And if you think about, if you think about a website, if you go on a website, okay, I'm not going to use Amazon because I've used it too many times. I'll use a different example. But like, if you go on a website and there's like a pop-up here and a pop-up here, and then there's like a hundred things that you need to click on and like like 70 different options of things to buy. And then another pop-up happens. And then you're like, Asno, do you want this? you are so confused like you don't want anything whereas if you go on and actually click funnels is a really nice example of software that does this well they give you one thing at a time that's digestible you can understand it and then you move on to the next thing and being able to do that and being able to design that is really valuable because if you want to have a course if you want to have something online where you're not going to be there to talk someone through Mm -hmm. it and explain it one-on-one you really need to think about it like what are the different steps what are they going to be asking and be able to put yourself in that shoes 
And so having that kind of experience, having that kind of mindset will be really useful for you. That's actually what I do with clients is build their sales funnels. And so it's, it's about, you know, the, the process and understanding that we don't, you know, going to a website, there's all sorts of things to click on, lots of distractions. A sales funnel is one next action all the time <laughs> so that we're directing them to actually buy. And it's so important because, I mean, I'm just speaking for myself. Like I have to make so many decisions every yep. day. It's so annoying. Like all the time, make decisions. What do I want to wear? Where am I going to do it? What am I doing? What's my priority? All of these decisions. If you can just take those decisions away from me and give me like one thing, like make it really easy. You want to make it really easy for your, for your customers, for your clients to learn from you, for them to go through your process. They're going to be so much happier and enjoy it so much more and be so much more willing to buy from you and turn into a raving fan than if you're giving them everything. Totally agree. I have uh, an easy button and I, I use that in a lot of my workshops. I'll talk about, the secret to building a great business is inside this box. And then eventually somebody will ask, what is it? And then, you know, press the button and yes, make Love it easy. It. So, so Claire, I'm really curious. My guess is you interact with a lot of folks who are interested in this. Have you run into situations where you looked at what they were doing and just, it was pretty clear. You said, this is not a good thing to productize? And if so, I'm not so much, it may be about the story, but like, what's, is there a situation where you say, yeah, productization is not a good fit. Let's not even do it. So I'm going to add a small caveat to this, um, which is it really depends on who you're targeting, but I would say things that are really technical and require a lot of technical knowledge are going to be difficult to productize. Like if you need to really deeply understand a system to be able to get success with it, it's going to be difficult to productize because you're going to need to give someone a lot of time to learn that. And then it's going to, um, it's just not going to work as well. And like, it's going to be really difficult to scale. It's going to be really difficult to get all of that information and to keep them engaged throughout that learning process. Having said that, if you can break it down, if you can offer templates for these like tech, mm. like really technical things that just make it easier, then you can do it. But if you're trying to give someone a fully self-service, something that's really, really complicated, like for example, I'm just going to say learning to code, like you can learn to code by yourself and get to a level with help. Um, and if you're really dedicated and want to spend time, you can get really good. I was not dedicated, so I didn't <laughs> get really good. But like, it's really hard to do without like, that one-on-one -on -one mentorship, mm -hmm. like someone to guide you through it. And therefore it's much more difficult to productize. Gotcha. Now, do you see, like when I think about systems, you, you want to make sure that your process is working well before you systematize it. And I guess in the same way, you want to make sure that your, you know, your service is working well, that it's doing what it's supposed to be doing before you productize that as well. Yes, absolutely. I think this is actually like a lot. I think whether you're trying to productize a service or implement a system, like the principles of lean are very good for this. So it's like, mm. how, how should information flow through? What are the different steps in the service? Like what, 
where are there um, irregularities or where do you get variance in your service and how you, can you minimize that variance and make sure that everyone's able to get the same results, for example, from watching one of your online courses or doing and continuous improvement, like always going back and checking like what's working, what's not working, what do people like, what do they not like, and how you can improve those services. So Claire, I'm gonna guess the answer to this next question is like a lot, it depends on the situation, but being around a lot of folks and hearing these words come out of my mouth as well, I'm gonna guess another thing you hear from people is, you know, some version of I'm really great at what I do, and this is the phrase, all I need to do is create a course and I'm going to have all this passive income overnight because hundreds of people will buy this course and the money is just going to be going in my account. Like, What do you do with that statement when you're sitting down with someone? So... <laughs> I would love to believe that this was the case. Maybe if like Pat Flynn or like some of the like massive online influencers launch courses like of the thing, then yes. But the reality is it's going to take time. It's going to take work. Taking a, writing, creating the course, first of all, takes a lot of work. Making sure that you've got the, like even if you've got it running digitally and passively, you're going to get questions from people. So you're going to need to answer that. And that doesn't even like start to cover the question of audience. Like how are people going to find your course? It's not a build it and they will come thing. You need to be able to market that. You need to set up systems to get like teach people that your course exists in the first place and then keep them selling it, keep it in top of mind and having all of that in place. And none of this is passive. Like it takes work, it takes continuous improvement, and it takes dedication to keep it going. Well, to that point, Claire, I'm really curious, if you look at what you do with your clients, um, I guess the specific question is, do you also work with your clients on helping them to do that, that marketing and sales side? Um, and I guess, just jump in there, is that something you do? And also sort of what's the range of all the things you do with your clients? I'm guessing a lot of people will hear this and say, this is where I wanna go mm. and I need someone like Claire, but what are they, what are they actually gonna do with you? I need a Sherpa. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think of myself as a 360 service provider who's tech agnostic. <laughs> <laughs> What, what, like, what I do is like, it all comes back to that brain dump that we talked about in the beginning. It's like, what are all the things that you're doing? Like the marketing, the admin, the onboarding, the programs, the products, like all of that. Let's look at it all as a holistic, like what's working, what's not working, setting up systems for each part. If you want to do the productization and course, that's a big part of what we'll do. We also do launching. Like launching is so important and making sure that you've got that process right in those systems because Launch can be really stressful for people. Um, and, it, like, and I think it's mainly because you're not really prepared. You're like, I'm going to make this course and then I'm going to launch it. What does that mean? <laughs> like launching, you need like all of these different materials and having run like many multi-million pound launches at Amazon, hundred thousand pound launches at Amazon. Like it, I know it's all in the prep. Like launching can be really chilled, like really relaxed but you've got to have that prep. Like, how do you build anticipation? How do you get all of the things prepared? How do you make all your tech work? And so I try and do, depending on what the priorities are for my client, like, and 
what the priorities are for whoever I'm working with. I do a lot of this training in my free Facebook group as well. So it's like, what do you need? What are you trying to do? What are the systems that we need to have in place for your business that are going to get you there? Hmm. Are, have you found um, particular, obviously you work a lot with coaches, mm -hmm. but beyond, and coaching is a pretty generic term, beyond the generic definition of coaching, have you found any particular industries that are better suited for this productization? I think productization works really well. Like, so for example, agencies can do this as well, like marketing agencies. Productization can work really well for agency services because there'll be things that you do with each of your clients and you do it at really high volume. And therefore, there'll be a lot of similarities. There'll be a lot of pieces that you can kind of productize not necessarily with a course, but maybe with templates or maybe with like looking for the similarities amongst these different things. Um, that's going to make your life a lot easier and the systems having those in place will help. So if you look at, if you look at the broad spectrum of what we've been talking about here, productization, uh, Claire, and, and what you do with companies and the, the ways you support them, you know, sort of what's the, if they were going to take it down to one nugget, what's the nugget that people need to know about productization? And maybe we've mentioned it, you have, but what's that one golden ticket takeaway for the listeners on productization? It's all about the customer journey. Like mm -hmm. literally put yourself in their shoes and map it out like you are guiding them with an actual map, step by step, what do they need to do? Because when you do that and if you really dedicate yourself to that kind of mindset and thinking of it in that kind of way, productization will become easy because you'll know exactly what you need to do when. You'll know what you need to deliver when and you can do it in bite-sized pieces. Well, I appreciate that, Claire. And I, I knew I said at the opening coming into this, because you, you gave that description, you know, not a, this is not easy for everybody. And I'm one <laughs> of those, I'm one of those everybody. I don't, I don't see the world in systems. I just don't. Um, and that's okay. There's people like you and, and Craig in a different way that see systems. I don't. So I, I know that a lot of what you shared was really helpful to people like me who either don't see it or I think the big risk is of oversimplified productization to just say, I'm going to just, you know, here, here's the service and tomorrow it's going to be a product because it got thrown online. So I, I think you've dispelled some myths. I know you've brought some uh, wisdom bombs that we always love our guests to <laughs> share. Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I still love to know if we created that, Craig. I'm guessing we didn't, but uh, I, mean, I think it was. I think it was uh, Lisa Marie. What was on the episode? I think you and I, one of us, used the phrase. Oh, so I'm not sure. It wasn't me. <laughs> okay. But anyway, so you've brought some wisdom bombs today. Thank you for that. We always ask our guest Claire. Is there anything in particular you want to share with the audience, the listeners that you want to promote or let them know about? Yeah, so I kind of touched on it just now, but I have a free Facebook group, Systems and Automation for Coaches and Course Creators. Hmm. Uh, it's, I love it. It's a really great way for me to get to know people. I share weekly trainings in there, and you have opportunities to ask questions and really build communities around people who are trying to do these sorts of things around productization. 
Love it. Love it. Love it. And what's the, uh, other than that group, what's the best pe- way for people to contact you if they want to get in touch and learn more? Obviously the website, anything else? Yeah, so on my website, there's an opportunity. I offer free 30-minute consultations where I help people design a process for an area of their business that they're having trouble with. So, for example, client onboarding, it could be content creation or um, like nurture sequences. One of those things, you can just choose to have the consultation and get to know each other a bit better. Awesome. Well, that'll all, we'll put all that in the show notes. And, and when we get this published in a week or so, share that through all our channels. So one of the questions, or we always ask our guests a couple of closing questions, Claire, and, and one for you is talk to us about a leadership model, someone who was a leadership model for you. And what did you really learn from them? I have to say my leadership role model is Michelle Obama, because number one, she's amazing. But also, <laughs> that always helps. <laughs> I just love like her speech around. I think she's a really good role model for people in the way that she re- deals with situations. So, for example, in her speech where she talks about when they go low, we go high. I think that that's a really good message around like how to deal with things. And I think um, she's just very positive. She's very down to earth. Like she practices what she preaches. And you can really follow her and like follow in her steps. She's done some incredible things and she always does them with integrity. Um, so I think that that's just a fantastic model for leadership. Well, I love that. I, I, I'm sure you've read her book. I read it at the end of last year and just loved it. She went, I read the book and she went on my list of people I'd love to have dinner with. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. I think a fascinating conversation. And the other, you know, um, we always ask one of the questions is talk about that one. And I already asked you sort of the golden nugget, but what's the one piece of wisdom you'd often to offer to our listeners about leadership itself in order to just be more impactful as a leader? So the piece of wisdom I want to offer is less is more. (laughs) (laughs) Say like, if you think of, if you're thinking about like looking up to a leader, you want to know that they're in control, that they're focused, that they are prepared and they know what's going on. And if you have that less is more approach, it's much easier to rally behind. Like there's this, um, like there's a comedy sketch and the person is talking about like the air hostess and you want to look at the air hostess and see them and they've like in control. They're like ready. They're focused. They know what they're doing. They're doing their thing. Like all good. Like if something goes wrong, you go to them and they're like, okay, this is the thing that you need to do. And I think that that's like a really good way of like seeing, seeing leadership and being like able to focus and being able to guide people and not overwhelming them. Mm. So good. Yeah, I don't think we've uh, actually heard that. We have not. That quite that way. You know, nope. leadership is about making it easy for people to follow. <laughs> yeah. well, that is a new one for us. So thank you for bringing that, Claire. Thanks for all your wisdom. Thanks for your time and all that you've shared. I know that I have new takeaways and some things to think about and what productization might look like in my business. And I know our listeners have gotten the same kind of gifts. So thank you for sharing, Claire. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Jeff.
If you like this podcast, you'll love the Cartavera Tribe. The Cartavera Tribe is a community of growth committed leaders who want to connect, engage, and grow themselves, their people, and their businesses. Cartavera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, assessments, and events to challenge you and help you grow. And the Cartavera Tribe is a membership like none other. You'll get live access to Craig and Jeff where you can ask questions, as well as masterminds where you can get answers from other leaders who've already solved your greatest challenges. You'll have access to additional interviews and a variety of courses, tools, and resources to help you achieve your biggest goals. We have monthly game days where we have challenges and competitive games to help you grow your leadership capabilities. And you'll get a personal growth Sherpa who will guide you to help you reach your growth goals. To find out more, go to cartavera.com. That's C-A-R-D-I-V-E-R-A.com. See you on the inside. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.